0: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
1: Happy Tuesday. If you happen to be listening to this the day it comes out or on a Tuesday, and if not, then oh, happy day to whatever day it is that you're tuning in. Thank you for listening to Balanced Black Girl. My name is Les. I'm your host, and I'm grateful that you're tuned in. If you're new to listening to Balanced Black Girl, I run this show in many seasons or series, as I call them, where for six ish weeks, we'll explore a specific topic or area of well being and personal development. Right now, I'm very focused on financial wellness in my life, and I wanted to bring conversations about financial wellness to the podcast which is why we are in the midst of our Money and Abundance series. I kicked off the series last week with a conversation on time abundance and the value of our time, and this week we are getting into the money. So I don't know about you, but it feels like every time I turn around, there's another headline about money. Whether it's about the stock market being down, the potential for a recession, student loan forgiveness, inflation. There are just so many things vying for our resources at the moment. And we're simply not in a time where we can bury our heads in the sand and avoid our finances. We can't be out here spending and not checking our accounts and statements to see where we're at. Not when gas is looking the way it is, when groceries and rent are sky high. We have to be engaged with our money, especially if we want to be financially well. And that is what today's episode is all about. The habits we have around money are incredibly important, whether you have a lot of money or a little, like someone could have all the money in the world, but if they don't have sound money habits or don't treat their money with respect, it's not going to go very far. So starting with where we are and honing in our financial habits is a skill set that can pay dividends, no pun intended this is why I was so excited to talk to today's guest, Diana King. Diana is the founder of Money Boss Mama, a personal finance company that helps single moms improve their money habits so they can pay off debt and build their savings. After stumbling into the personal finance world, Diana has managed to become debt-free on a moderate income and is now on a mission to help other single women do the same. Diana and I have actually been mutuals on social media for years and I've loved following her journey and have been so inspired by her for a long time. She's a testament to the fact that we don't have to have six-figure salaries and all these things we see online to create a solid financial foundation and reach our goals. She's all about looking at where you're at and implementing strategies that meet you where you are. So we talk about her debt payment journey. We talk about her savings journey, how she talks about money and teaches money to her children. It's just a jam-packed episode with incredible information that we all need to build a better financial foundation. So I'm excited to introduce you to Diana. I know you are going to learn so much from her and from her story. Hello, welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I'm so excited to have you here today. So for our listeners who do not know, Diana and I have actually been IG Mutuals for years years, like actually a really long time. (laughs) We've been following each other. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast and to actually talk to you outside of IG.
0: Thank you so much for having me. You were like one of the first health and wellness podcasts I found. So like, this is a surreal moment for me.
1: Oh, I appreciate that so, so much. Thank you. So this current series on the podcast is all about money and we're talking about the intersection of well-being and money and as I was putting this series together you're one of the first people I thought of because I've loved following your journey over the last several years and just feel like you have an amazing way of teaching people and encouraging people your your financial resume is like incredible I have it here so you've paid off $35,000 in debt You have saved a six-month emergency fund, which is amazing. Got your net worth to 76K and counting as a single mom of two. All amazing, amazing stuff. So I'm excited to share with our community here how you did it and your advice for other people who are looking to to be a little bit more mindful of their finances.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited to chat. Let's get to it. Yes, absolutely. So
1: I would love for you to kind of start at the beginning to tell us a bit more about your money story, your debt-free journey, kind of how you got started and how you got to where you are now.
0: So I started my debt-free journey in September of 2016, but I would say that the, the preparation of actually hitting the green light kind of started a couple years before that. So when I turned 18, I was a Sonic car hop. My mom got me like this $800 car using um, her child support payment. And and needless to say, it was a little raggedy. (laughs) (laughs) And as an 18 year old, I'm looking at my classmates and there are new Mustangs. I remember the Mustangs came out, the newer model. Um, They're in Mercedes. And I'm just feeling like at that time, I define financial success by what you had. And so the second I turned 18, I was like, I'm getting myself a new car because I deserve it. And then there came the habit of saying, I deserve it to acquire these things. And so needless to say, my auto loan was my very first debt and it took up one of my paychecks per month. But when they, the way that they put it, it didn't seem like it was going to be that much. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I can do this. But needless to say, like when I got pregnant with my firstborn, uh, my second year in college, things really started to change because I had to take care of a child. On one paycheck a month. And I went from, you know, riding around in my new car, feeling good about myself, to how the heck can I get rid of this car? Because it's ruining my life. I literally remember saying, This auto loan is ruining my life. I can't do anything. Like, I can't take care of myself. I'm stealing diapers for my daughter. I can't pay for daycare. Like, I hope they don't come back and get me. But I was taking money, like hoping that my job didn't realize because I was working with physical cash because I was like, I need to get to work. Mm -hmm. If I don't get to work, I don't get a paycheck. And so that is what kind of thrust me into the world of personal finance. So my auto loan, I thought it was my biggest downfall, but it was really my biggest blessing. And so when I started to learn, I'm like, okay, well, why don't I pay off all of my debt? I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm dang near living on my credit cards. My mindset was it has to be better than this. The journey, it may be rough and long, but it has to be better than this hellhole that I'm living in. And I think that is what really started my consistency when it came to paying off debt. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. What you just said about
1: the auto loan, thinking that it was your downfall and how it really was kind of the, the motivator for you to, to approach things differently, like that hit me. Like that is just such a powerful reframe of approaching things differently and kind of taking some of your power back in that situation.
0: Yeah. And I get um a lot of people that are like, I'm bad with money or I'm just stupid with money. I make stupid decisions, but they don't realize if you didn't make those decisions... You wouldn't know what you know now. Now you know what not to do. You kind of, kind of like a child, you have to let them go through the motions of life because you can tell them all day long. But it's not until they actually get in and experience those things that they gain that wisdom. And then now they know how to move better. Now they know what to do and what not to do. But I find what really keeps a lot of people stuck is that they just accept their, you know, their money mistakes they don't use their failures as feedback. They don't see it as a tool to strengthen their strategy, and I think that's what keeps a lot of people stuck in that cycle. Oh my goodness, we're like 5 minutes in. You're getting us together already. <laughs> this is so so
1: good. What I was thinking of as you were saying that was just about different learning styles and how we can kind of learn things different ways, and I do think money and finances is one of those things that we do kind of have to learn by doing. It is a very tactile process because mm-hmm. you can you can read about it and you can have someone tell you certain things but until you do it and until you align your actions with with what's happening and, and where you want to be, that's what really helps it
0: soak in, which is exactly what you described. Exactly. I'm like you have to get in there. Yeah. It's all trial and error. Like there's no amount of books or podcasts that you know you can absorb. You can absorb all day long, but you have to actually get in there and start executing to figure out what's going to work for you and your unique financial situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd
1: love to like pick, up, pick back up on your story from there. So you were at this point where you had your baby, you had your car loan. You were like, okay, this is not working, so we're going to start doing something different. Um, at that point, what did you do and what were some of the initial changes you started making?
0: So the first step that I did was I created a budget. I remember I ripped out a piece of paper from a little notebook, I grabbed my pen and then I just started writing down what bills I was paying for regularly as well as my income. And that is when I realized that I was paying out a lot more than what I was bringing in. So it was kind of like this aha moment because it's like, well, that's why I don't ever have any money, (laughs) That's why I don't ever have any money because I was a victim of that. I don't know where my money is going, you know, line that we tell ourselves. So I know I would get paid and I would pay my bills. But because I wasn't strategically telling the rest of my money what to do, it was going to food, mainly food, but, (laughs) you know, other things like clothes. And so that was step one. And I know a lot of people turn their nose up when someone says budget. I don't know where this belief that a budget has to be super restricting. And that means you can never live your life or something like that. Uh, I don't know where that came from, but a budget is key. Like you cannot elevate your financial situation if you don't tell your money what to do. If you don't know where it's going, you're just making a plan for it. And then the second step was I focused on one specific debt. I am that person where I will lose focus really fast. And I found that previously I was trying to do too much and I would get overwhelmed and frustrated and I quit. And it's really, really difficult to feel like you're making progress financially if you got 5 million things that you're trying to do. That means that your money is trying to be divided 5 million different ways. And if it's not concentrated enough, it's going to feel like you're not making progress and you're going to feel behind. That's something I hear a lot. That's an, something that I used to say to myself, I'm behind. I should have had X amount saved up by this time, X amount paid off by this time. So I always recommend to anyone, focus on one thing. So I focused on my auto loan until I got that paid down enough. And then I got into mindset. Mm. I had Not to prep myself <laughs> again because you get to this point where it's new, it's super exciting, you're pumped up, but then after a while, after a couple of months, it's like, oh, I'm in this. Like I mm-hmm. I'm in the maintenance stage. Nothing exciting is happening. And that's where a lot of people quit, where I quit. So I had to find ways to keep myself motivated and constantly remind myself of what I was trying to accomplish and why. And that came from me having to go back to, you know, childhood, adolescence, undoing all of those beliefs that were instilled in me from my, my observations. Um, just so I could take back that power and authority to change my, my spending habits. Because I found that I had these goals, but I had the same behavior and they were clashing constantly. Yeah. And so that was a journey I had to embark on as well. Ooh, that,
1: let's like highlight. Exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a good good point right there with the goals. One, when we're working towards multiple different things and trying to do all these different things at once, just how overwhelming that can be and how discouraging Mm -hmm. that can be. And two, when we do have those moments where we realize our actions and our goals are in opposition and and Mm -hmm. getting them on the same page to stay motivated is so important. I think especially for financial goals as opposed to other, you know, types of goals that we set, because that is truly the only way that you're going to reach it is by having your actions align.
0: Yeah. I say you're in a battle with your previous self. Yeah. Your journey has really nothing to do with the money side of it, Mm -hmm. which was something surprising that I discovered when I actually became debt free. I'm like, well, I thought I was on a journey to improve my finances. Really, I was on a journey to change myself and my finances just, you know, there were a product of that, them improving. I had to change myself. You're in a constant fight with your previous self and the self that you need to be to hit these financial goals
1: yeah and a lot of um, deprogramming and working through different mm. conditioning when you were describing about how when you went to school and having these classmates who had these like fancy cars i could relate so much my when i went to college i went to college with a bunch of very rich people and i was like how did i end <laughs> up here but for a lot of us that that conditioning is that to have things is a, a status of either success or wholeness. And mm. that can be really hard to work through that and to start to value different things. It does take a lot of like rewiring our
0: brains and rewiring our values. Exactly. Me now, I, I always say the, the Diana uh, six to eight years ago, she would scream if she saw me now, <laughs> she would scream like um, I I had to strip myself down completely throughout my entire debt free journey because I couldn't afford, you know, to get my hair done. I couldn't afford all of the fancy clothes and shoes that I had. I had to face the person in the mirror and be OK with her without hiding behind all of these things. And I think that was the toughest part of the journey. It's not the strategy that you're using. It's not the budget Is you actually, like you were saying, unlearning all of these things and being okay with who you are in the mirror in your rawest, truest form without hiding behind the things that you thought that you couldn't live without before. Yeah. Woo. (laughs) Woo. That is
1: the hard (laughs) stuff. But so true. What you're saying is so, so true. And that is the stuff that is a lot harder than making the budget and mm-hmm. sticking to the budget because those things aren't hard, but it's what your mind tells you while you're trying to stick to it that's hard.
0: Yeah. And it's like we get so caught up in that. I find that people, they they stall their progress because they're like, well, I don't know what, what debt do I start with? How do I create this budget? You have to trust that you know Mm -hmm. what's best for your unique financial situation because you do, but it's because that you have maybe made some money mistakes in the past. So you're constantly thinking that you're going to make the same mistakes and you don't trust yourself. But when you start moving your feet and actually give yourself permission to make decisions about your finances you're going to start gaining that trust, right? Because it's like you're going in a contract with yourself. And the more you stay consistent, the more you're proving to yourself that you can be trusted. And then you kind of like let go of those past money mistakes that you made that you kept, you know, using as a reason to affirm why you can't do something. That makes sense.
1: Oh yeah, that's so helpful. Building that trust within yourself and forgiving yourself for those those money mistakes. I know that's something I've had a really hard time with, and I really just take what you just said to heart. It was very very helpful for
0: me. That's the hard part that we don't like to talk about. It's like it may be a lot easier to start with the budget Mm -hmm. and you know the debt payoff than to actually. Do the internal work, so that may be why we focus so much on it. I may be speaking for myself, but it's kind of like you don't want to face what's going on behind closed doors. So as long as everything looks good on the outside, it's like we're going to close the door and we'll deal with that on our own time. That was me one hundred percent. But I I say that my journey really didn't start taking off until I did the internal work because money management is all I say it's all behavior normally they say about 80 20 i say it's all it's all behavior cuz you're going to spend in alignment with your how you're feeling your emotions your beliefs that all plays a role and it's all very mental it's a mental game if you can master your mind you can master your money oh, oh my goodness that's that's just the whole podcast right there <laughs>
1: All right, episode we did. <laughs> no. Oh, that's so true because even I think about, you know, there's so many stories and examples. Like I like reading the Refinery29 money diaries. That that mm-hmm. series it stresses me out, but I do like <laughs> to read it and there's so many examples of people who actually make like a lot of money. I mean, more money than me, and I read through what they're doing with it and I'm like <laughs> why the math is not mathing Like why you make this But you're li- like What's what's happening But that that's that behavior aspect Like mm. you can make tons But if your behavior and actions don't align You can lose tons
0: Yes, I don't know why we have this belief That if you're making a lot of money You don't struggle financially Or that your struggles aren't as valid As someone else's I, the women that I've coached, they make like four or five times the amount that I make, but yet they're coming to me and they're trusting me to help them shift their finances.
1: Today's conversation is sponsored by Open, and I cannot stop singing the praises of this app. This time of year, I start going inward to really refine my habits and practices. Maybe it's like a Virgo season thing or the start of a new school year. But I've been feeling called to really prioritize my mindfulness practices. And that's why I committed to doing the September challenge, taking breathwork, meditation, and yoga classes with OPEN. Open is a digital mindfulness platform combining breath work, meditation, and movement, and it's my go-to app to help me get centered when I'm feeling overwhelmed and need to reconnect with myself. I absolutely love the classes that are programmed on Open. The daily meditations are always exactly what I need to hear. They're short, less than 10 minutes, and so easy to follow. I always walk away from them feeling connected with my breath. Speaking of breath, can I confess that even though I've gone deep into the wellness space, breathwork has always really intimidated me. It was just uncomfortable. I had a hard time getting into it, at least until I started taking breathwork classes on Open. Their classes are so inviting and approachable and easy to follow that it's really helped me get the amazing benefits breathwork has to offer. I love that we can become more mindful together because you can invite friends and family to take classes with you in the app, which is an incredible way to share mindfulness with the people you love. It's truly an all-in-one platform that I love turning to for yoga, meditation, and breath work, and I use it several times a day. It is such an important part of my daily routine. I would love to take a class with you, so join me on Open. Open is giving balanced black girl listeners 30 days free when you visit open-together.com slash balanced. That's 30 days of unlimited meditation, breath work, yoga, and Pilates. You do not want to miss this. It's an incredible offer. So again, you can join me on Open by going to open-together.com slash
0: balanced. income, I like to emphasize that it matters, but it doesn't matter, right? Because- You can't use that as a reason to stop you from going towards your goals. And a lot of us like to do that. We like to use reasons as, you know, as to why we can't go towards our goal. Well, I can't do it because I don't make enough money or something like that. I'm not going to get too deep <laughs> into it, but you can accomplish a lot when you're strategic with your money. And I think that my story really got out there because I've never made six figures. I've never made six figures. The bulk of my journey, I was making around $33,000 a year. And then I moved up to about $50,000 a year the last two years. And I still was able to live life and accomplish my goals because when you get good at mastering your mind and you get good at mastering where you're putting your money, then you'll find yourself in a better position. It's just all about you having control and actually being in the driver's seat when it comes to telling your money what to do. You have money to maximize. Even if you're you know, a McDonald's worker compared to an RN, you have money to maximize. It's just, where are you telling your money to go? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and what are you telling your money to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You've got to- Give it a job. Otherwise it's gonna run away from you and you're gonna be wondering where it's going. And it's obviously not going to you. You're you're trying to find it. Yeah. So but paying off debt really helped. It it really helps too, because that's an instant raise. You don't have to give your money to someone else anymore.
1: Absolutely. You're you're coming up into the positive and especially, Mm -hmm. you know, the positive net worth. I mean, I remember graduating from college and the amount of student debt that I had was like double what my salary was mm-hmm. at the time and that was 10 11 years ago and being like uh <laughs> well what am i going to do with this but it is interesting and when you take it one step at a time and or one you know milestone at a time or loan at a time or whatever what is possible and i was really proud to have paid off most of that before making a six figure salary as well similar to what you were saying that it's possible it sometimes just requires
0: some movement and some creativity <laughs> and and some the discipline and consistency. I say that comes with it, but like you have to be you have to have faith in yourself. You have to trust yourself because yeah. in the journey that's what it is. Like you're trusting yourself to get to this goal, but if you're not willing to let go of everything that you once use as an excuse to not go towards something you're not going to get there because everything is going to be a reason as to why you should just stop. Like, see, I I knew it wasn't going to work because X, Y, Z happened. Like if you really have faith in yourself, even if something goes wrong, you still got your eye on the prize. And that was me from moving my feet in the beginning When I started seeing progress, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like it's giving me more and more fuel, the more debt that I'm knocking out. And so I went into debt about four to five times, four to five more times during my debt-free journey. (laughs) But every single time, I feel like every single time, that, that should have knocked me down. That would have knocked the old Diana down. I would have just thrown in the towel. And sometimes I did. I did want to. I quit in my head a million times. But something, I said that, that something in me still told me to keep going and to keep trying, even when things were slowing down. And that's faith. That's what faith is. Like you have a belief in something that's without facts in your hand saying that you're going to get there. You just go with the belief that you're going to do it because you trust in yourself. Yeah, I really appreciate that you
1: shared that and showed that it's not always linear um, mm-hmm. and that there can be different, like maybe detours or just different paths that we take on the journey. Where it's not just like, I'm going to snowball and every single time I'm going to add more. It doesn't always work like that. But as long as you're mm-hmm. still generally moving in that direction, it sounds like it can still make a big difference
0: and we we expect the journey to be linear cuz like on paying off the debt it's going to it's going to reduce what you have to remember life is life in especially mm-hmm. right now like yes. life is going to life you and i love lauren london the way she put it like life is going to chin check you and it's going to chin check you you have to leave space and grace for those moments and that kind of be proactive and, and prepare for them. Like if if something goes wrong, what's my plan? Because something's gonna go wrong. That as long as you're living and breathing, as long as you're flesh, something is going to kind of knock you off of your path. But what, what is your defense? What are you going to use to get back to to the journey? And I, I always go back to faith and trusting myself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So important.
1: I love that we talked a bit about your experience with paying off your debt and how you really focused on your budget, taking things one loan at a time, working on one thing at a time. I'd also love to talk about saving as well because mm-hmm. having a six-month emergency fund is incredible <laughs> like uh, not a lot of people myself included uh, are quite there yet so I'd also love to talk about your saving journey and and what that has been like for you
0: yeah so saving has been it's been It's always been something that's that's very difficult for me or was very difficult for me so I had to find ways to save that didn't really feel like saving. And I remember my first savings account was actually closed down. They Mm -hmm. sent me a little $5 check in the mail because I had transferred out of it so many times. Mm -hmm. I was that person that would put too much money back because I would look at my account balance. I would feel ashamed and anxious. And I'm like, "Uh, I need to put money back. So I would put too much back and then I would the walk of shame when you're going back into the teller line and asking for a savings withdrawal slip a couple of days later because you realize you need that money back. Like you haven't given yourself enough time to build the you know the discipline that you need to be without it. And so when I started my debt free journey, I was actually saving at the same time. Now, mind you, it was not very much, but looking back on it in hindsight, I think it really helped me to get to the six-month emergency fund, not because I was saving a lot of money. I was saving $15 a paycheck, so $30 a month, but because it helped me build that habit. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I've learned is that saving is not about how much money you're putting back in your savings account. It does not matter the amount that you're putting back in your savings account. Saving money is all about the habit of putting money aside and not touching it and letting it sit. Unless you need it or it's an emergency, you know. And so because I was on a four year long debt free journey and I was saving money, that got me into the habit of knowing money is here, but not touching it. And I think that having a budget is super key because, you know, that. With the income that you have, you're able to cover all your expenses. So whatever you're putting in your savings, that's going to fit within your income. And it should fit comfortably as long as you got your numbers right. And also, I think with with saving money, you have to get creative sometimes, uh, especially if you are low income. So going through the journey of paying off debt, obviously the more debt that I was knocking out, the more money that I was making. So I was slowly, you know, increasing my, my automatic contribution. I think I got to like $50 at the end of my debt free journey, $50 a paycheck. So $100 a month. One thing that really helped me that kind of caused a little bit of uproar after my debt free journey was my savings journey. It was, strategically using my extra money. And that was something that I did, you know, throughout my debt-free journey too. So if it was an incentive, a bonus from work, I'm setting that money aside. If it's a stimulus check, I'm setting that money aside. Not all of it, but a portion of it. So I feel like that is important too. With my journey, it was a lot easier towards the end when I took savings seriously because of that habit, but also because once again, I don't have any debt. So I can I can increase my contributions and I don't need it because you know I've gotten to the point where I don't really owe anyone anything and I keep my living expenses very very low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh yes, there's so many things in here that I want to like come back to that
1: were so good. One what you said about saving being more of a habit than it is a number. So not worrying about how much we're saving each time, but the act of doing it, no matter how much or how little, like the act of actually doing it and physically saving is is more important, which I absolutely love, love that. And then the point yeah. that you also just made- the importance of also still being able to live your life and still being mm-hmm. able to like enjoy things, I appreciate. That's something that I'm working on <laughs> too because I have naturally always erred on being a bit more on the frugal side and sometimes mm-hmm. feel a lot of guilt when it comes to Enjoying things, or if I do get like a bonus, spending a little bit of it on like fun stuff versus, you know, paying off debt or whatever is like the guilt around that is something that I have really struggled with. How do you work through maybe some of those feelings? Honestly,
0: that was something that I struggled with after I paid off debt. Mm -hmm. I feel like my debt free journey. I had like built a brand around it and everything. I, my identity was my debt-free journey. Um, And I was extremely frugal during my debt-free journey. But what I realized when I paid off debt, it was like, who am I? I have this money now. I don't have to give it away. I kind of had like an identity crisis. And I now had this money that I could use on things outside of debt or saving And it was really extremely hard to do that. Like I was used to sewing holes in my clothes to make them last longer. The kids clothes came from consignment sales and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one thing that really helped me was setting a portion of my budget specifically for personal spending. And it wasn't a lot of money. I kind of kept it quite small, just so I could feel like some sense of normalcy of me having this small amount of money to use. But because I know that all of my expenses were paid, my goals still had the contribution that they needed to hit them on time. I felt okay spending that money. And it was me having to constantly remind myself that it's okay to spend money on things that aren't a necessity. I grew up with a single mom. I heard a lot of, we don't have it. We don't have it right now. Or, Uh, having to leave grocery carts full of groceries at the front of the store because the, the check bounced. And so every little thing that we had had to be used strategically because we didn't have a lot. So journaling was something that really helped me too. I had to go back and heal that inner child. I had to go back and heal my mother that was coming out of me in order for me to take back, you know, Power and authority over how I spent my money because my beliefs weren't my own, Um, and so I really, really do recommend set aside something in your budget, even if it's just ten dollars for a coffee. It's okay to go to Starbucks once a week, or you know, whenever you need to pick me up. And then the more that you do it, you're going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning, but the more that you do it, the more that you you kind of like let down those those walls that you have up, those reservations that you have towards it. And the long-term benefit is you allowing yourself to live your life without having this shame and guilt around it.
1: So many helpful gems in there that are both like tactical and kind of getting into our spirit and our mind and our heart. <laughs> so having that kind of set aside part of our budget that's discretionary spending is super helpful so that that is like a line item just like anything else that we can do mm-hmm. guilt-free. I love 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 that. And then also what you talked about about journaling and going back and, and again, kind of reprogramming some of that messaging from from the upbringing and healing some of that inner child is also super important. And I no secret that I love journaling. So when you said that, I got super (laughs) excited. When you were doing those things and reflecting on that, were you letting yourself just kind of free write? Were there any kind of prompts or questions that you like to ask yourself or recommend? What did that look like?
0: So in the beginning, I did start with like a few prompts, but I found that whenever I was feeling really anxious or whenever I was coming up on a trigger of mine, I would journal through it. And a lot of the times I would find the solution to my trigger through the pages that I was writing. Mm. But some of the times, like when you're coming up on that anxious moment, I recommend kind of interrogating yourself. It's like you and you are sitting in front of each other and you're asking questions. Think of yourself as your friend. If your friend is feeling this way about something... What would you ask her to get to the root cause, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go through and write those questions. Why am I feeling this way? What will it hurt for me to spend five dollars on a coffee? What what is this thing that I have with coffee going on? Like, what are where are these emotions coming from? And then you kind of like switch the fear around to kind of use it as fuel. Well, if I'm I'm afraid that I'll feel guilty about buying a $5 coffee because what if my electric bill is higher? If your electric bill is higher, will you still feel those same emotions? So did it really help you to not buy that $5 coffee? Did it really save you from feeling that shame yeah. and that, that anxiety? But I, I always recommend like just talk to yourself. If you have to talk to yourself out loud, do it. Mm-hmm. The questions that you would ask your friends, ask yourself. And journal through it. And it kind of gives you time for your impulses to subside so you can, like, think logically before you go out and make a purchase. Yes. Oh, my
1: goodness. Okay. I'm going to – everybody gets homework who's listening. You're going (laughs) to – tonight or tomorrow morning, you're going to go in your journal and you're going to start reflecting on that and just getting curious and asking yourself questions about how you feel about your finances the same way you would ask a friend. I love that. Love that approach.
0: Necessary. Definitely.
1: Most definitely. So I'm also curious just when it comes to you and your financial habits, are you, do you like spreadsheet girly? Are you like an app girly? What does your money management look like these days?
0: So I would say I've tried everything. So I've got my toe dipped in a little bit of everything. Um, But what I found, I had to like stick to my core. Like I had to really stick to me. So the apps, If you're a technology person, I feel like that would work. But if you're someone like that's hands-on and you're more visual, it kind of takes like the intimacy out of it Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. everything's being done for you. So I'm not an app person. I am a spreadsheet person, 50-50. I kind of, I go between pen and paper and spreadsheet. So I use both of them They're kind of like join in holy matrimony. So I have my monthly budget in a spreadsheet just because I don't feel like doing the math. I wanted to do the math for me. <laughs> but then when it comes to like my paycheck and my money routine, I am a pen and paper person. So I'll check my account balances on pen and paper, whatever needs to be moved around. I've got to do that on paper, but then it kind of helps to see what my total should be in that spreadsheet. So that's kind of how my, my thing is right now. Love that.
1: I also am like a very hands-on person and I like going through expense by expense. Mm-hmm. Like what was I doing? <laughs> what was I thinking? Where were we at? What is this charge? I like doing that investigation.
0: Having it be too automated
1: makes it easy to miss yeah. stuff for me.
0: Because it removes you from, it's kind of like you're separated from your own financial you know, situation going on. And I got to be like hands-on. So even with my personal funds, I've got to use cash. Mm-hmm. I've tried the card. I lost my mind with the card. So now <laughs> I am back to cash because I need some type of some type of visual to, to keep me in check in that area. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And what I love about the way
1: you teach and the way you share is how much you also encourage people to do what works for them, mm-hmm. whether that is a budgeting method, that there are many ways to do that, whether that is like a debt payoff method that that there are so many different ways that we can do it, and that if something doesn't work, it doesn't mean that there's necessarily something wrong with you, but it means maybe mm-hmm. you need a, another method that you can try. So like for people who love apps and things at the tip of their fingers, beautiful. And if you are like us, it sounds like, and you need a little bit more tactile, you need to get in there a little bit more, um, then doing
0: things manually could also be a great option. Yeah. I wish I would have had someone when I was like trying to find someone whose story looked like mine that said, just do what works. Yeah. I tried to teach people or get them to see that you have the tools that you need. You just kind of need to to trust yourself. If something doesn't feel right, don't do it because it's not going to work for you. Your financial situation. Is your financial situation, and you should have the power and authority to say that this doesn't work for me, or allow yourself to tweak uh, a money tip that you found online. Like you're not going to go to jail for doing it. Uh, I know that everyone has their thing. Like you know, as a especially as a creator online, everyone has their strategy. But mine is just more so, girl, just do what works for you. Here are the tools pick what you need. And that gives them the confidence that they need to start making these decisions for themselves.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And it, I think it also probably helps build that self-trust like we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier, where it's like not relying on this method or this other person's way of doing things to have the answers, but like taking what you need and finding the answers that work for you. Yes. 100%. So good. I would also love to talk about motherhood and how your financial journey impacts, you know, how you talk to your kids about money and how you teach them about money. If you have tips, you know, we do definitely have listeners who are moms and who may be interested in like figuring out how to talk to their kids about money. So how has that been for you?
0: Yeah, I say it's always a journey, (laughs) Um, especially with my oldest. She's nine. And so I notice. It's crazy to see the different seasons that they're in because mm-hmm. when I started, there, two months into my debt-free journey, I got pregnant with my son, mm-hmm. but she was very young. She was four. So it was a, it's a lot easier when they're younger, I'll say that, because they're not really picking up on what's going on. Uh, but one thing that I will say is that I'm very open. The dialogue is very open in my home. She knows pretty much everything that goes on with my, my financial situation because I'm purposely exposing her to it. I find that I know in um the black community, especially finances are very hush hush. It's kind of rude to talk about finances. There may be a sense of shame talking about finances, but you're really doing them a disservice because the world revolves around money. And yeah. they turn 18, you thrust them out into this world that revolves around money. And now they're struggling, like trying to figure it out. And a lot of us get trapped in this trial and error phase for so long. We miss out on the time that we need. Time is as an asset to build wealth. Yeah. And so we're at the bottom of the totem pole, you know, when it comes to, to wealth, to, to home ownership. And I, I'm not quite sure of it, but I think that that plays a role in it. So. Even when I didn't really know a lot, I'm still not hip to all the financial lingo, but I would teach her as I was going. Whatever Mm -hmm. you're learning, teach them as you go. You don't have to know everything. Just teach them as you go and you want to bring it down to their age level. What is it that they're interested in that you can incorporate some type of money lesson into? When you're at the grocery store, you can let them compare prices. Tell them what the budget is. Let them compare prices and let them keep up with the total depending on how old they are. And one thing that I like to do with my daughter, she knows if she wants something, she's going to save for it. Like she's got to save for it. So visuals, kids are very visual. Color charts, they're free online now. They're amazing. Even if they're not saving up for anything if you're paying off a credit card or something, bring them on that journey with you. Let them be a part of that goal. And they can be the ones to visually like, be hands-on and color in coloring the color chart. That's something that we did with my my debt-free board whenever I was paying off debt. And I had a client. Her daughter was a teenager. And she was actually the one that kept her accountable. So she was the accountability partner. She allowed her to be in on the budgeting process. And sometimes I'll do that with my daughter for budgeting for something in particular. I will sit down and we'll create the budget together. But um, she knew that her mom was budgeting. And so she took her on the journey with her. And she was actually the one to tell her mom, fast food is not in the budget. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was amazing too. Kids are not always going to do as you do. Uh, will do as you say, I should say, but they're going to do as you do. So just you continuing on the journey, they're going to see that. They're going to pick up on that. Even if you don't think that they're, they're looking and listening, you being that person to make good financial decisions in front of them, they're going to pick up on that. Cause we pick up on our, you know, our parents habits when we start going through the journey, realizing we blow money like our dad. We say we don't have money like our mom. We have the scarcity mindset like grandma. So what do you think is going to happen when you, when you start making better decisions? They'll pick up on it.
1: Oh, my goodness. There were so many good tips in there. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even have kids yet, but I'm like, yes, I'm going to keep <laughs> keep all of this in there. I love what you said about teaching them as you learn and not putting mm-hmm. pressure on yourself to be a financial guru before you talk to kids about it because they don't know. What, what are they going <laughs> to tell you wrong? They don't know. They're learning as well. So letting them learn along with you, I think it's just so, so good and such a great idea. Like the grocery shopping tip, love that. Just- keeping them really engaged in it and understanding mm-hmm. the concept of money because I also had a similar kind of upbringing where I didn't feel like I necessarily heard money outside of the context of there not being enough for something. Mm-hmm. That was that was all only messaging about money that I heard for a long time is what there wasn't enough for, but not much exposure to like how we use it, how we manage it. And so giving them a really holistic
0: picture of that I just love the
1: way you described it
0: when you said that. That kind of makes me realize we have a lot of negativity around money. Like we only hear about it as kids when we don't have enough of it or when we're spending too much of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it's it's incredibly important to expose them to the good side of it. When you did save enough, when you did you know stick to your budget, just so money is not something that you run away from, or it causes pain, it's it's something that's empowering. I think yeah. that's incredibly important. Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: Especially for women and girls, I would say, in also taking a very active role in our mm-hmm. finances, whether we are, you know, teenagers, adults, partnered, not being in the driver's seat when it comes to our money can leave women and girls so vulnerable to just so much hardship and it's really really important that we're actively engaged in in the financial discussions
0: absolutely like i had it it was kind of sad how many women came to me especially when i was starting to share my story that were saying that they wanted to leave a situation or they're telling me hey i'm trying to pay off debt save money do you have any tips for me because they're trying to leave a relationship mm-hmm. and how Managed. i sit and think like god i could not imagine being trapped in a situation with someone all because i couldn't afford to leave all because i couldn't afford to leave like we do our young girls a disservice by being tight-lipped about money and and thinking that they're just going to go out and buy you know marry a rich man or something Talk to your daughters, let them be hands on. Give them it doesn't have to be an allowance. I know that you know everyone has their own values when it comes to parenting. Give them opportunities to earn so that what you're teaching them they could be hands on with it so that it sticks you know but but teach your young girls how to make their own money, how to manage their own money there's so so much power that comes with that because there's so many women out here that are stripped of their power solely based on them not having enough money to leave a situation that's not serving them. Oh, it's so true.
1: It breaks my heart. I mean, financial abuse mm. is so, mm. so real. And it is, is the number one reason why a lot of people in abusive situations don't leave is is because they can't afford to. And I think the, as much as we can educate and empower and support ourselves and one another to not be in that situation and to have ways out of those situations, the better, because it is
0: just, it breaks my heart. Absolutely breaks my heart. We're shifting. Yes. I love to see the shift out here. So we've just got to keep pushing. Definitely.
1: More conversations like this, talking (laughs) openly, talking openly about it is
0: so important. I thought it was so crazy how everyone would always tell me, thank you for being transparent. And I'm like, why does everyone keep saying that? <laughs> like, is there no one else out here talking about it? But I've been in the community for so long that's my norm that I didn't realize that no, it's not really being talked about. Yeah, enough. Mm-mm. It's not, and it's something that
1: I hope through continued conversations like this changes. Just through those open, open talks about
0: it. Absolutely.
1: So Diana, this was so helpful. I feel like you just gave us so many gems on gems on tips. Like this is going to be one of those episodes that I'm excited to refer back to. What's next for you? How can our audience work with you? Um, How can they follow you? How can we support you?
0: Yes. So, well, my main platform is Instagram. That's my BFF. That's at Money Boss Mama. I'm also on YouTube. That's Diana with a Y Marie. So you can join my community on YouTube. I, that is more so showing you how to manage your finances in real life. So vlogs and things like that. So you can actually see me applying the tips that I share with you on Instagram. Um, I also have a, a seven day spending challenge. It's just a mini course to help you go from emotional spending, being out of control, very impulsive to controlled spending. I am a recovered shopaholic. So I am walking you through that process. Um, and very soon we will be doing one-on-ones again. So definitely DM me, shoot me a DM. I am always responding back. Amazing. So much good stuff. So we will make sure that we have your IG,
1: your YouTube and the spending challenge linked in the show notes to make it easy for people to find you and learn from you. Thank you so much. Again, this was so helpful. I
0: really appreciate it. No, thank you so much. I was like, this is less. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was a blessing.
1: Oh, thank you so much for joining me. I mean, isn't Diana amazing? Talking to her really inspires me to stay on top of my finances, to check out my numbers and to have a strategy with spending and saving. Head to the show notes to connect with Diana to check out our budgeting templates and our episode resources that we talked about in today's episode. Huge thanks to our sponsors this week, including Open, my favorite meditation app. If you haven't yet, definitely head to the show notes to get your free 30-day trial to open. Their classes are life-changing and an amazing way to kickstart your mindfulness journey. We always have our discount codes from our amazing sponsors linked in the show notes. So head there because they are hooking you up each week. Next week, we're talking about having a healthy money mindset and becoming recession-proof. So hit the subscribe button so you can tune into the episode as soon as it drops. If you like this episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It goes such a long way in supporting the show, helping us get our amazing guests and spreading the word. So thanks again for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.